open your Bibles to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter number 16. Fellas, you give me some monitor. I'd appreciate it. That sounds good. Won't oh, come down a little bit. Luke chapter 16. Sorry about that. That's my fault. Luke 16. I appreciate it, guys. Well, I want to say a little something about the kids um, before I preach. There's a lot of entertainers out there. I'm sorry, guys. You can bring it down a little bit more. There's a lot of entertainers out there. And uh, when, I, when, I, when I was raising my kids and practicing singing and learning and teaching them different things, and then it got to where I didn't need to teach them nothing. They started learning things on their own and got, and got good at it on their own. But I instilled in them. We are not doing this for recognition. We do not do this to show. We do not try to entertain, though it is entertaining. Uh, we want to honor God and glorify God. Uh, my children, had the, we had the ability to go the uh, gospel industry route, and I refuse. I will not do that. I wanted them to be in the local church and to uh, serve God in the local church. And that's, right now, that's what they're doing as far as I know. Um, they're all doing right. I hope they are. Like Job, amen. Just pray for your kids and, and hope they're still doing right. But I, I said that to say this, that we're, we're not, and I don't, I don't, we're not here to entertain. I, I want them to do the best that they can possibly do. I want them to sing with the help of God. I want them to play good. And uh, I, I have to sometimes tone them down a little bit. Hey, just a little bit less, you know what I mean? Don't get too, too, uh, too, too uh, I don't know the word to use, but anyways, uh, I, I wanted to honor God, let's put it that way. And, and so that's our goal. So lest you don't think anything, that we're not here to entertain, I want you to come and I want you to enjoy it. But uh, my, my main focus is the preaching. And I tried, we try to sing songs that get the hearts of people right and ready for the preaching of the Word of God. And so there'll be a few songs that they'll, they'll play real good on and they'll sing real kind of a fast song, you know, in the beginning of the service. But then we're going to push toward, you know, trying to get hearts and minds, you know, uh, ready for the preaching of the Word of God. And, and, I, and I, hope that, uh, I hope that you'll look at it that way. And uh, the Kendrick family is nobody, just a family that wants to live for Jesus and do right. Amen. And so, uh, very approachable. I understand we are very approachable. We want to talk to you, and uh, I want, uh, the kids want to talk to you. And so, uh, and if, the, if the other kids want to know how to play something or do something, you run over there to them boys of mine, and they'll be glad to sit down with you and show you something. That's just the way it is. So, if they can be a blessing, we will. Amen. Luke 16 this morning. And uh, I, I've had this message on my heart for several weeks uh, to preach this, uh, and I told preacher, I've never preached this message in a morning service. I usually would preach something of this nature in an evening service during a revival. But for some reason, the God of heaven, amen, has put it on my heart to preach it this morning. And so I will. Uh, uh, and I hope that if there's anyone here that's lost this morning, excuse me, that you will let the Holy Ghost of God draw you and you would not leave this building today lost. It'd be an awful thing to leave the house of God under the preaching of the Word of God and die and go to hell. Now look here. Church is real. The Holy Ghost is real. You hear me? Jesus Christ is real. 
And this thing that we're involved in right now called Christianity, it's real. You understand? And it's about to come to an end. I mean, the Lord's about to come back very soon. And I believe, I wish you'd come today. You better be ready. Luke 16, here's what the Bible said. The Bible said in verse number 19, very familiar scripture, but we ought to pay attention to it. This is not a parable. This is real. He said, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Sounds like Americans. The Bible said, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man uh, also died and, 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 was, and, and was buried. And in hell, true story, and in hell lift up his eyes, being in torments, seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, but, uh, 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 and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send into my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Father, we need you. God, I pray for the help of the Holy Ghost of God. <clears throat> Lord, these people don't know who I am. Dear Father, Lord, just a preacher trying to preach what you want preached. And how I pray that the Holy Ghost of God would deal with the hearts of God's people that, Lord, you'd put a burden on our heart for the lost that are dying and going to hell. And dear Father in heaven, I pray for those that are lost this morning on their way to hell. I pray that, Lord, you'd reveal it to them. Show them through the power of that sweet Holy Ghost. And God, that they, Lord Jesus, would, would trust Jesus Christ today before it's eternally too late. We love you and praise you and asking for your help now. Can't do it without you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to preach on this subject that has been entitled, The Church Service in hell. Now, I know what some are thinking, preacher, do you really think they're having church? Oh, no. They're not having church like we're having this morning. I'm enjoying myself this morning. But I say to you, this service should be the longest service that some people will ever be in because it's an eternal service. And it's a service that people in hell are having in their mind. I say to you, dear friend, uh, that those in hell are believers. But when they were here on earth, they were believers in their own way. In other words, when they were here, they believed their own doctrine. They had their own opinion uh, uh, about how to get to heaven. And I say to you, dear friend, uh, that there's only one way to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. To get saved. Brother Parchman, the man that I used to travel with, he would take a microphone. He would take that uh, handheld mic and he would walk around under the tent. Or he would walk around in the church service and he would walk up to people while he was preaching and he would ask them, when did you get saved? And he'd put that mic right up underneath their nose, amen? And they'd say, well, I got saved in July to 19 whatever. And then when did you get saved? When did you get saved? And they'd walk around, he'd walk around. You never know when he was going to come to you. And one day he asked this guy, he said, when did you get saved? He said, well, I'm saved. He said, but I wasn't saved like you was. 
That's the wrong thing to say to Brother Jack. Brother Parchman said, oh, yeah. He said, if you're saved, you were saved like I was. He said, because I was saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, I was saved by repenting of my sins. And I say to you, amen, we are all saved the same way. And that is repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I say to you this morning, the church service that we're talking about is a place where people have chosen to go. In other words, they made their choice. They could have gone to heaven. But dear friend, they chose to go to that awful place called hell. Hell. A Calvinist one time said this. He said, I'd rather go to hell in the perfect will of God than go to heaven out of the will of God. May I say to you that that man went to school, majored in ignorance, and had the devil for his teacher. Amen? God is not willing. Are you hearing me? Hey, God is not willing that any should perish. Amen? But that all should come to repentance. Uh, 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 You cannot, you, nobody, anybody in hell, anybody going to hell, anybody ever gets to hell, can't blame anybody if they go to hell. They can't blame their mom, their dad, their pastor. They can't blame the evangelist, their friend, their boss, the church member. They can't blame a co-worker. Oh, they try to blame them, but friend, it does no good. If you or anybody goes to hell, it's because they chose to go to hell. You see, dear friend, this place is a final resting place for every soul without God, but there ain't a whole lot of resting going on there. It is a place for those that are wicked. It is a place for those that are unclean. It is a place for those that are unbelievers. Are you hearing me? There are people today, dear friend, uh, that are maybe morally clean, that are pretty much upright citizens. Uh, They might even go to church, uh, but they're unbelievers. They never trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. It is a place for lost church members. Uh, Now, I want to say to you, dear friend, today that I am not one of these that believe uh, in all this retreading. I'm not one of these that try to get everybody to doubt their salvation. I'm against it. I hate it. I can't stand it. I will say to you this, dear friend, that once a person has been convicted of their sins, amen, when the Holy Ghost of God will come to you and he will convict you of your sins and you realize you're a sinner and then you ask the Lord Jesus Christ, according to that Bible, what it says, to forgive you your sins, come into your heart and save you, that means you have repented toward God, amen, and you're believing in the death, burial, and resurrection to save your soul and you ask the Lord to save you, according to that Bible, you are saved. Amen. So get her down in your heart. If you know there's been conviction and you know that he's called you and you got saved, trust him for it. Amen. But there's a boatload of people today, dear friend, that do go to the house of God. They've never been under conviction. They've never answered that call to salvation. And I say to you, we know that the Bible says, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard. Neither hath entered the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that love him. Could you imagine, dear friend, if it might have said something like, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard neither hath entered the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that do not love him. We really have no idea how bad hell is. Dear friend, I believe with all my heart that if God opened up, dear friend, hell and he allowed you and I to see hell, dear friend, for just maybe a minute and we could hear the gnashing and the crying and the screaming of hell, if we could see the agonizing of hell, we could see him burning there in that place called hell and then God closed it up. There'd be something done in our spirit that we would never leave us. I believe with all my heart that we'd do everything we could to go after sinners. I believe with all my heart we'd go beg our family to get saved and our friends to get saved. And I say to you, we really, really have no idea how horrible this place is called hell.
The Bible teaches us that hell enlargeth itself. Why? Why has hell enlarged itself? May I say to you, it's because so many people are going to hell. The Bible said in Isaiah 14, 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. It said in Revelation, it is called the bottomless pit. You ever wonder why it's bottomless, dear friend, because that thing is turning. Uh, you understand hell's in the center of the earth uh, and so-called they say that the earth turns on its axis. If that be the case, they're in hell falling continually as it turns, falling, falling. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says you must be born again. You don't go to heaven unless you've been born again. When you're born in this world, you're born lost. And when you're born, dear friend, into the family of God, you become God's child and you are saved. Now I want you to think for a little while about the church service. In most church services, there is what we call the announcements. And you know, sometimes a preacher may make an announcement and it might get changed or it might not be followed through with. But may I say to you, church, that when God makes an announcement, it's going to happen. When God says it, mark her down. It's going to happen. And I want to give you the announcements there, friend, uh, about hell. Uh, and I say to you, God announces hell. And, we, and the Bible teaches us that hell is a place. He announced it, dear friend, over there. He said in Mark chapter number 9 three times. He said in verse 44, verse 46, and verse 48. He said, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. He said it again, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. He thought it so important that he said it three times, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. God announced that hell is a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. He announced that it's a place where people are chained in darkness. The Bible said in Matthew twenty-two thirteen. then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him in outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He announces that it's a place where the smoke ascendeth up forever and ever. He said in Revelation 14, 11, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. That means this, dear friend, that means if a person goes to hell, they will never cease to exist. A million years from now, you understand this? A million years from now, if you die and go to hell, you'll still be in the lake of fire. God teaches, dear friend, that he's going to bring those that are out of hell. They're going to stand before the great God of heaven at the great white throne judgment and only dear friend to be cast into the lake of fire. Their name is not in the book. The angels come, bind them hand and foot and cast them, taking the word of the meaning to fling and cast them in the outer darkness uh, which is the lake of fire. And the Bible said the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. He also says it's a place and teaches there's a place of no water. What is the rich man asking for? The rich man is asking for a drop of water, not a glass, a drop. There's no water in hell. The story is told about those that were in the prison camps during the war that they would crawl around on the ground every morning and lick the dew because they were so thirsty. Now, if men will do that, what do you think they're doing in hell? God announces that it's a place where you'll remember. You'll remember, I believe, dear friend, every opportunity of salvation. You remember the track that someone gave you? You remember the message that you've heard preach? You remember this very message? You remember the invitation when the Holy Ghost of God tried to draw you and woo you to come to a place of salvation? 
Here, friend, you remember the people that asked you and tried to get you to get saved. There's a story of a man one time in a service. Brother Parchman was preaching, and this man was under conviction, and a couple, few people, whatever, went to this man. They were so concerned for him, wanted him to get saved. They saw he was under conviction. They'd been praying for him to get saved, and the man, their friend, got mad because people were coming to him, and uh, Brother Parchman saw what was taking place, and Brother Parchman looked at the man and said, uh, uh, Sir, he said, you better get saved tonight. He said, you see your wife down here at the altar. He said, you go to hell. You'll never forget that. You'll always remember your wife praying for you that you wouldn't go to hell. He said, the man got mad that night and left the service. That was on Saturday night. He went home pouting, upset, mad, went to bed. His wife went to bed. The man couldn't sleep. He got up in the early in, in the morning time, woke his wife up that morning. He said, honey, get up. He said, I'm going to church with you this morning. I'm getting saved. He said, I couldn't hardly sleep last night. All I could think about was you crying and praying that I wouldn't go to hell and I was in hell. And I say to you, dear friend, that many will live or I should say die forever in hell remembering a wife, a husband, a son, a daughter, a friend, a preacher that tried to get them saved. Hell is a place of everlasting fire. God announced it in Matthew 25, 41, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, he cursed it into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. God announced that hell is a place of wailing and gnashing of teeth. He said over there in Matthew 22, 13, then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness. Listen, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What would cause gnashing? What would cause someone to gnash their teeth? May I say to you that anger would cause it. Also pain would cause it. I say fear would cause it. Hate would cause someone to gnash their teeth. And as you know in hell right this very moment is anger and pain and fear and hate. And the Bible said, dear friend, that there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell is a place of no deliverance. Hear me. The rich man that we read about Story took place thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago. You hearing me? He's still in hell right now. While we sit in an air-conditioned building, padded pews, amen, luxury, if you would, at its finest. I mean, we got food sitting back there waiting for us, refreshment, amen. I mean, it's a blessing. God's been good to us. Here we are in the house of God, and the rich man right now is still in hell this very moment. It is a place of no deliverance. Many will cry out, oh, God, I'm sorry, but it's too late. Hell is a place of no escape. You know, if someone goes to prison, there's possible that they might get out. It's happened before, but not in hell. Hell is a place where the wicked will be. God said over there in Psalm 917, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. That means the fornicators, the adulterers, the sorcerers, the drunkards, the murderers, and the baby murderers, the Hitlers, the Husseins, and the Sodomites, they're all in hell with you. It's a place where the demons will be. I pray, Father in heaven, that God, you'd arrest the hearts and minds of people. Lord, that there'd be no movement. People would pay attention. God, I pray for conviction. Hell is a place where the demons will be. God said over there in Revelation 20, verse 10, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. 
It's a place of pain and cussing and blasphemy and vulgarity forever. A horrible place. It's a place where you'll never see your family. Some of you got a baby in heaven. Some of you might have a daddy or a mama in heaven or a grandmother or a grandfather in heaven. Some of you might have a brother or sister in heaven. But I say to you, dear friend, if you go to this place called hell, you'll never see them again. If you go to that place, it's a place of no love and no friendship. It's a place of no gratification for the flesh. No rest there. No food. No refreshment there. No medicines for that old body. No habits satisfied. I say to you, dear friend, that these are not the kind of announcements we like. But God announced hell because he don't want you to go there. I say to you, most churches have the announcements. The next thing that churches usually have is a song service. Now, you may think, preacher, do you really think they're singing in hell? Oh, no, they're not singing in hell. They're remembering the songs that they heard when they were here on earth. You realize there's people in hell right now that was alive five seconds ago? Somebody else just probably went to hell. Somebody else probably just went to hell. I say to you, dear friend, many will sing the songs in a church service and die and go to a devil's hell. You'll remember the song that contained the message of salvation, but you did not respond. What about that song that you've sang, Just As I Am? Without one plea, O Lamb of God, I come to thee. But you never came. What about this song that people have sang, Almost persuaded now to believe. Almost persuaded Christ to receive. Almost persuaded harvest is past. Almost persuaded doom comes at last. But they never were persuaded. They sang about it, but they never got saved. One time in a service, there was a lady that was under conviction. True story. Lady was under conviction, but she would not come and did not come because her husband didn't want her to come. The next day, instead of coming to the revival, she went to a card game. The story is told that whenever she was at that card game, she was holding the cards. They said that she dropped the cards on the table and her face fell forward, hit the table, and died. And most likely went to hell because she did not get saved. There's another story, dear friend, about a man... This time, this man was in Atlanta, Georgia, and the man was under conviction. The preacher could tell the man was under conviction. Standing there in the church, he wanted the man to come, and he wouldn't come. He stood back at the back of the church door whenever he was getting ready to leave, and he dismissed the service. The preacher went back there, and after the benediction, the man walked by, and the preacher looked at the man and said, Sir, please do not leave this building tonight before you get saved. His wife looked at the preacher and said, leave him alone. She said, we'll take care of it later. They walked out of the church, true story, walked out of the church into the parking lot. The man reached into his pocket, grabbed his keys out to unlock the car of his door, unlock his door, dropped the keys, grabbed his chest, fell in the parking lot and died with a massive heart attack and went to hell. May I say to you, dear friend, you don't put God off. 
You may come in here this morning and think, oh, this is just church. I'm going to go do my little deal, my little duty. Come in here and sit down here, a little preaching, a little singing, throw a dollar in the offering plate, go eat some food. But I say to you, dear friend, there's a whole lot going on more than you think. And you don't put the God of heaven off when God calls you, come to him. What about the song, poor sinner, harden not your heart, be saved tonight. Dear friend, may I say to you, one of these days, we don't like to think about it, but one of these days the sun will come up and you'll see it come up, but you won't see it go down. You know why? You'll be dead. One night you'll see the sun go down, but you won't see it come up in the morning because you'll be dead. One day you'll get up and get dressed and the undertaker will undress you that evening. One day you'll tie your shoes and the undertaker will untie them that afternoon. You don't ever know when you're going to die. Not a person here knows when they're going. You don't put God off. What about that song? You've sang it. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While another sour calling, do not pass me by. But you told him no when he came by your way. What about the song, Softly and Tenderly? Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. But you said no to him. What about that song, Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord. And he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word. Only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him now. Listen, he will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. You sing it. And there's people in hell right now that sing that song also. And what about that song when the roll is called up yonder? But you thought you had plenty of time. You remember the songs about heaven, but you won't be there. You'll be in hell. And I say to you this morning, dear friend, I'm glad I'm not going. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know I'm saved. There's been a time in my life when the Holy Ghost of God convicted me of my sins. uh, And I went forward and let that preacher take a Bible and show me how to get saved. Glory be to God. I'm glad I ain't going. But there's those in hell right now that remember the songs they sang in a church service. So usually there's announcements. Usually there's the song service. Usually there's a message. And you know, there's a message in hell. And here it is. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. You know what they're saying in hell, if you could hear them? They're saying, tell them not to come. In hell, you'd hear them screaming out, this place is real. In hell, you'd hear the message saying out the pain is worse than that preacher could ever preach it. Then in hell, you'd hear them crying out, somebody go tell my family. Tell them not to come to hell. They're saying don't put it off. They're saying get saved before it's too late. And I say to you, dear friend, you better listen and hear the voices of hell and the message from hell that is crying out this morning for you to get saved. A young man came up to a preacher one day and he said, preacher, How long should a person be prepared for eternity before he dies? The preacher said, at least five minutes before you die, you better make sure you're ready, son. The boy said, thank you, preacher. He said, five minutes before I die, I'll make sure I'm ready. And he started to walk away. And the wise preacher said, wait a minute, son, I got a question for you. He said, when are you going to die? The boy said, well, I don't know. And the preacher said, this might be your last five minutes. And I say to you, dear friend, this might be your last service. This might be the last message you hear. This might be your last five minutes. I say to you, I was preaching last year in a tent revival over in Illinois. We had our tent set up. 
and I was preaching over in Illinois and, and, uh, and, and we got finished that night and everybody went back to their place and we stayed, uh, we stayed over in a house that the church owned which is right on the property. We could, the tent, the building, everything was right there close. I got up the next morning. I looked out in the parking lot. There was a guy's truck sitting out in the parking lot and I thought, man, must have had a breakdown last night. He must have not been able to take his truck. And, uh, and uh, the next thing I know, the preacher showed up at the church and he thought the same thing. He walked over there to the man's truck, looked inside the truck, and he laid there in the seat, dead. He heard me preach the word of God, left the tent that night, walked over in his truck, sat down in the seat, and died with a massive heart attack. You never know. You don't put God off. The rich man, here's what he said. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. You know what he's saying? I got plans. You know what God said? He said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul should be required of thee. In other words, he thought he had plenty of time. But the parchment one night was preaching a message on prepare to meet God. There was a woman in the service that night that was lost. He knew that she was lost and he begged her to come. He pleaded with her to come, but she would not come. And she left the service that night, lost. She got in her car, was driving down the road. She accidentally ran off into a ditch. They think that she hit her head on the steering wheel. She got out of the car, undoubtedly dazed, walked to the front of her car, fell over in six inches of water, face down, and drowned, died, and went to hell with a message on her heart, prepare to meet God. Are you saved? There is a message in hell. You know what else they're saying in hell? Here's what they're saying in hell. The devil's a liar. If you could hear them in hell, they'd scream out, he told me I had plenty of time. He told me to wait and get saved later. He told me to put salvation off and now it's too late. Can I say to you, dear friend, are you hearing me? He lied to Felix. He lied to Agrippa. He lied to Judas. He lied to Jezebel. He lied to the Pharisees. He lied to the purpose-driven crowd and the charismatic crowd and the Jehovah Witness crowd. He's lied to the Catholic crowd. Hear me? He's lied to the Baptist crowd. And he's lying to some of you. And the devil will make you feel good spiritually, but that does not mean you are saved. Many religions of today are a feel-good religion. It's a works religion. It's all about what you do. It's not what you've done, amen. It's what he did. And I say to you, the devil will deceive you. He will lie to you. He'll make you think he's your friend. But you hear me. Right now, right now, we know that the wicked is in hell. There's no doubt that they are. But did you know there's some morally clean women in hell? Did you know there are some morally clean men in hell? There are some morally clean young people in hell. There's teenage girls in hell and teenage boys in hell. Why? Because they died without Jesus Christ. They never repented of their sins. They never trusted in Jesus. They never got saved. They listened to the lie of the devil. And they died without getting saved. The Bible said he is a roaring lion. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And he won't be satisfied till he gets you. He's already deceived them, the souls of millions, and he's after you. And there's a message that cries out from hell, and it is this don't come to hell, get saved. And don't listen to the devil, he's a liar. And I say to you, dear friend, in the church service, usually we have the announcements, the singing, and the preaching. But there's also, most of the time, an invitation. Did you know that hell has an invitation? 
And it's inviting you there. And the Bible teaches us that the mouth of hell is opened up wide. It's crying out for you. And I beg you, don't accept that invitation. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said in Proverbs 30, verse 16, it said, The fire that saith not, it is enough. You understand that the fire is crying out, give me more souls, give me more souls. That fire is always wanting more. And right now below you are the flames of hell in the heart of this earth inviting you to come in. And your next step could be stepping off into hell. The fire invites you. The depths of hell invites you. The devil invites you. The worms invite you. The chains of hell invite you. The smell of burning flesh invites you. And I say to you, it doesn't care if you're old Young, skinny, fat, pretty, ugly, white, black, brown. Doesn't matter who you are. It just wants your soul in hell. The Bible said over there in Isaiah 5, 14, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. The mouth of hell is wide open, ready to receive you. Listen to Isaiah, sobering verse. Isaiah 14, 9 said, Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones for thee. Hell is waiting for you. I beg you, don't go. The devil bids you come. The demons bid you come. The evil spirits bid you come. Listen, that devil will tell you, live it up. Enjoy your sin. Don't listen to that preacher. One of these days, the icy cold fingers of death is going to wrap around your throat and squeeze all the air out, and you'll be dead. And when that happens, dear friend, where are you going? Where are you going? Sis, if you can come to the piano, i got one more thing. Maybe you can play softly. Thank you. Most churches have an offering. And did you know in hell they offer you loneliness and fire and pain and torment? In hell they offer you suffering and heartache and misery and woe. Doesn't sound like the kind of place I want to go. Did you know that the Lord Jesus Christ offers you salvation? He offers you peace and forgiveness and heaven and joy and love and happiness and eternal life. I said in the beginning of the message, those that are in hell chose to go to hell. They didn't have to go. Just like if you're here this morning and you're not saved, you don't have to go. You can choose Christ. Now, it all depends on what you do with Jesus. This you can play softly. There's two spirits here. Are you listening? Two spirits. There's an evil spirit and there's a Holy Spirit. And the evil spirit is telling you, don't listen to that preacher. The evil spirit is telling you, you'll be out of here in just a minute. Just hold out. Don't listen. Everything will be okay. We'll get out of here. But the Holy Spirit is drawing you. The Holy Spirit, here's what he's doing. He's showing you that you're a sinner. He's convicting you of your sins. And once he convicts you of your sins, he draws you to Jesus. 
And I ask you the question, which spirit are you going to listen to? The evil spirit or the Holy Spirit? Don't be one of those that are in hell going through the church service in hell. Are you saved? So I ask you a question. I'll probably ask you more this week. I want you to go to the place in your heart right now, in your mind. Give me a little volume if you can, fellas. I won't get loud. Go to the place in your heart and mind right now where you know that the Holy Ghost of God convicted you and drew you to salvation. Go to that spot where you remember the Holy Ghost. It could be at your house. Maybe it was at church. Maybe it was in someone else's house. Maybe somebody came visit you. I don't know. But you remember the Holy Ghost convicting you and showing you you were a sinner. And then you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You asked Him to save you. Many of you can go to that spot and it's wonderful to know you're saved. But some of you right now, you may not be able to go to that place in your heart and mind. You really don't remember the conviction. You really don't remember ever being drawn by the Holy Ghost and getting saved. Today's your day. I sat about two rows from the back on the left-hand side of the preacher. My uncle, Terry Kendrick was preaching. Mm. Man, I'm glad I got saved. Visiting him in Owasso, Michigan. When he is a preaching, the Holy Ghost come back there and got a hold of my heart just like he's got a hold of some of you. I didn't fight God that day. 19-year-old redneck. I got up out of my seat, walked down to the front, let that preacher take a Bible, show me how to get saved. My uncle led me to the Lord that day. Would you get saved today? Let's all bow our head and close our eyes for a moment. No one looking around.